So uh, you know that thing when you're stuck uh, in a puzzle game and you're trying to like uh, figure it out, uh, working on the thing, trying out different solutions for like 20-30 minutes, maybe longer, and you just give up. And then the next day, uh, you fire it up and <laughs> you just solve it immediately, like on your first try, like in 20 seconds. Uh, I think that's a natural uh, feeling where it's... Uh, I do the same thing with bosses, for instance, where... I think you yes. just need the clarity of mind. Sometimes you get so stuck in frustration uh, in a frustrating cycle that you don't actually have the clarity to solve the problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, yeah, that happens with bosses. That happens with difficult like segments, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that happened to me today. I'm playing this. Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Uh, which is the Game Boy Color version of uh, Game Bo- uh, of Pokemon Puzzle League, the N64 game, which is uh, Panel de Pon, Tetris Attack, with Pokemon. Let um, me ask, I, I don't yes. really play these like spin-off games of things, like a licensed version of a puzzle game. What, how much Pokemon influence is actually in the game? You know what I mean? Is is there like mm-hmm. just like a Chikorita on the side, or is there like a a big Pokemon <laughs> mechanic that makes it special? Uh, it's the it's the former. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, it's it's all Pokemon coding, um, and it totally works. Like with the bosses, they're the arena leaders and so on. Uh, you can pick a Pokemon that for a fight. Um, but, um, it, there's no, there's no, like, weakness system or whatever. It doesn't do more damage, uh, or anything. It's just, you know, it's just a, it's just a very, very good puzzle game. I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Tetris Attack, uh, games. Um, especially the N64 one, which has, like, so much content, so many modes, um, and options um but this uh Game Boy color version is actually very good for for a portable portable version it still has i'd say the most important modes the like main mode story mode whatever it's not really story mode but like you know the main mode where you the go main through... campaign where, where you <laughs> have your fucking blaziken doing random sh- i'm just kidding <laughs> it's uh that um, also, actually, I should mention the as, as I remember, the first the the N sixty four game uh, actually is limited to uh, generation one, uh, and this Game Boy game is uh, actually has Gen two Pokemon in it. Oh wow! Which is very uh, weird. Um, Were they released sure, at the same time, or was the Game I'm, Boy released like a year later or something? I'm pretty sure they both came out in 2000, so uh, I don't know. Maybe the uh, maybe it was just easier to do uh, the N64 game with the with just Gen One, and, and I have no do, idea. Do they actually like mod- have 3D models for the N64 version? Because that may be why. No, 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 no. No, it's just sprite work. Well, then I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get it. But either way, it's it's very nice sprite work in this uh, Game Boy Color version. It's actually, I would say. It, it, it looks very nice, even though it's just a puzzle game. It has a very nice look to it, and um, um, it works like it works completely as it should. Uh, as it should work, you know, you can do all the combos, you can do all the moves that you can do in the console uh, version. Um, but yes, I've been uh, it, the this mission mode, this main mode, works a bit differently. Where uh, in the N64 version, you just fight in. CPU, just like uh, with other puzzle games, you know, when you fight, like, uh, for example, Mean Bean Machine or Puyo Puyo, uh, you fight against a CPU and the CPU is playing, and when it does a combo, you get, you know, trash in your uh, in your well, and, um, um, and you have to clear it and stuff. In this one, you, uh, in, the, in the Game Boy version, uh, you don't see the other side playing, but you still get trash um, from them. Oh, I wouldn't like that. I would be anti that. Just because, like, mentally I can't prepare for the trash. 
You know what I mean? For oh, the it's incoming still, it's... onslaught. <laughs> right. Uh, but also it works differently in the sense that it doesn't just obviously abruptly end because you made the other person, uh, they made the CPU game over. Instead, they ju it just has a life bar, and every time you do a combo, you just take something off the life bar. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. But also, obviously, as a whole, it's a bit inferior. But anyway, I've been playing the puzzle mode, which is just set puzzles, and you have to have a set number of moves to clear them. And... Uh, it gets tough. I remember the, but also I, I had the N64 game as a kid actually. I only got this one a couple of years ago, and um, yeah, that, those puzzle modes get really difficult. <laughs> it's, uh, would Would you rank good. that that style of puzzle the most rewarding, or do you consider Puyo Puyo or actual Tetris, like real Tetris, or even Doctor Mario? Which ones Which ones your favorite? Oh, it's Puzzle Dipon. It's my favorite by yeah. far. Yeah. Yes, and then Tetris, and then and then Puyo Puyo. Doctor Mario is clearly the at. worst. I like the music of Doctor Mario, but <laughs> yes. that's about it. It's clearly the bottom at the bottom here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My only exposure to Pokemon spinoffs are the uh, the pinball on the Game Boy Color. And yes, I played that yesterday. <laughs> how was that? I I haven't played in years. Oh, uh, it's 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 pinball. I'd say it's it's. I mean, pinball is pinball. I love it, but also it's bullshit. <laughs> like, you, yeah, it's it's. You, know, uh, you can lose the ball and you can't do anything about it. That's pinball. Um, I mean, but, the, the other one I haven't or I remember playing was the freaking. I don't know why Nintendo pursued it, but the uh, the channel ones, the Hey You Pikachu and Pokemon uh -huh. Channel. Which are very yeah. bizarre, I guess, in the grand scheme of uh, video game history. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's def definitely one, uh, the, like definitely more obscure uh, spinoffs. And uh, yeah, that's actually maybe uh, you know we should, we'll, we'll probably return. Let's return to some uh, Pokemon spinoffs uh, in the you, future. You you I'm, heard I'm it here huge. first. Uh, <laughs> hey, you Pikachu is gonna be episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, it's gonna be tough to. Well, I guess we could emulate it. Yeah. We Even don't do we that don't around endorse here. It. We don't endorse that. <laughs> we uh, don't endorse that. I, no. I've been playing on original hardware. I have a, I have a copy of Puzzle Challenge. Um, <laughs> right. Welcome but, to the yeah. Day Dreamcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're your hosts. I'm uh, Pavlos, and uh, I'm this broken. Is Brogan. Yeah. yeah. We also we also play newer games. Turns out, <laughs> yeah, um, I've been playing Doom, and I also play older games like Doom sixty four. It's crazy. Yes. Or Doom. Or the or Doom. the original Doom. Yes. Um, tell tell us about Doom Eternal. Um, I I love it. It may be my favorite Doom, and I think wow. it's because it took design principles from 2016 and exaggerated mm -hmm. and added on what i liked about the 2016 title yeah. and it also sort of has its own flair and design to it uh it also has particular uh attention to level design aesthetic and enemy encounters which in my opinion is the most important gameplay functions for a mm -hmm. doom game Mhm. Mm um, that was a good right. thesis. I, I, I was gonna let that sit for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that needs to be, you know, just uh, <laughs> let that simmer for a bit. Uh, <laughs> but actually, I've heard uh, I've heard some controversial opinions on it, um, like especially regarding the the lore and um, also the way some of the combat is like very uh, reliant on precision, like very uh, aim focused and that's very difficult and uh, also the way you have, uh, the weapons different weapons are sort of required or like I don't, I don't know I haven't played it but well um, uh, yeah I mean I can go into it okay so for it has a very specific function that sort of needs to train you on first off you do need to be good at movement and you do need to be good at aim it's a very vertical game it's a very speed uh, it's a fast game it's not like Call mm -hmm. of Duty in that sense, but mm -hmm. also um, the the different enemies specifically function differently, and you need 
there's an effective weapon for each one of them. And the real game, when you get down to it, is resource management. Um, they're the sort of extra bits you can do um, function to give you different resources. So the glory kill is when you get an enemy down to a certain amount of health, you can press a button and you do an animation. That gets you health. If you use your chainsaw fuel, that gets you ammo. And if you use uh, your little side stuff like grenades or uh, your flamethrower, that gets you armor. So when you're going mm -hmm. through the thing, you have to measure your time and your effort into, okay, this enemy right here, what am I going to do with this enemy? <clears throat> and how am I going to get out of this situation to where that resource uh, obtained uh, was worth it, like profitably? You know, instead of me losing 200 health to, you know, everything shooting me while I do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's troubling for some. And right. for the lore, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say other than if you didn't like it in 2016, you're not <laughs> going to like it here. There's more text. Uh, most of it's optional, but it will rear its head in cutscenes. But in its defense, I think the cutscenes happen or like the heavy amount of story happens in the second half of the game. So mm -hmm. if you um, if you don't like the gameplay, then you will figure that out way sooner and you'll be uh, able to put it away and not be disappointed. And if you have played to that point, you will already be sold and you won't mind. At least in my right. opinion, I didn't mind. What the, uh, difficulty are you playing on? What? Uh, <laughs> I, uh -huh. I I've been I, I started my first playthrough on normal, and then yes. I I did one on uh, Ultra Nightmare. But on uh -huh. Ultra Nightmare, I did the lives. They have two different uh, special right. modes for Eternal. There's one where you have to collect lives, and if you run out, you start all over. And then there's mm -hmm. one where it's if you die, you're dead. Period. You lose your save. I'm not gonna do that last one. That's <laughs> that's too much for me. But I can do yeah. the lives one, and that's what I'm doing now. And how's that going? Like, are you? Is it how's the difficulty on that? It's a, it's the highest difficulty, right? Ultra Nightmare is the highest difficulty, yes. And then with the lives, it it encourages um, the exploration again. If you didn't like the exploring the map, looking for every little secret, if you didn't like mm -hmm. that in 2016's uh, game, you're not gonna yeah. like it here. But um, but it yields good rewards this time around, like mm -hmm. the extra lives, um, which are present in the normal game. It's just like a, a major function in that mode. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that. It's it fun. Has that. Yeah. I like life systems um, when they're actually uh, when they actually matter. You know. <laughs> I, I like real consequences. I don't like basic check checkpoint systems. You know. Yeah. Or cool. auto save. Garbage. It doesn't have a multiplayer. It does, but it's very, very weird. It doesn't function in. Uh, people didn't like 2016's uh, normal yeah. deathmatch system. Um, right. So what they did was they basically made a mode where two people play as specific demon enemies. They can choose the uh -huh. enemy. They have specific powers and uh, weapon attack systems, and then mm -hmm. you play as a doom guy. And you fight between yes. like two v one. Not Doom Guy, who's you know Doom Guy, but a Doom Guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair, but technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't want to get into spoilers here, but yeah, you're playing as a Doom Slayer. Isn't and, Doom and, Guy just the official name for Doom Guy? Yeah. I yeah. mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't have him listed as Doom Guy in the credits. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've also been I've been uh, playing because actually two games came out that are like uh, well, Doom and then another game that's pretty much uh, similar to Doom, um, which is uh, Animal Crossing. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh, I've heard that uh, I've heard that it's a bigger bloodbath. It's much more graving uh, stakes. Yeah. Uh, it's more right. you know moment to moment exciting for sure. I've been playing on uh, ultra violent, so <laughs> uh, I just got the I got, just got an axe. I just upgraded an axe. Now I can actually split open you know the skulls uh, <laughs> of my villagers. 
uh, and of uh, capitalist, capitalist pigs. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, you give uh, glory kills to like Isabel. Poor, poor little, <laughs> poor little buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So Animal Crossing is uh, is a video game that everyone seems to love. <laughs> but is not loving you, right, right now. Not me. Not me. Um, I acknowledge the, uh, you know, the improvements that it makes. The a lot of quality of life improvements, and uh, it's obviously. You know, in terms of functionality, polish, and stuff, it's 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 what you want it to be. Um, I don't like the crafting uh, system. I don't like uh, the role it plays, which is a central one in this new new game. Uh, the material gathering, is, like it's it's simplistic and superficial, and bolted on, but at the same time, it's sort of essential to what this game. Uh, is to how this game operates and works. Um, it takes center stage in in the in in this new new game, and I yeah I think it's I don't know I I don't see the benefit of it. I don't see the added fun. Um, well, let let me ask you if you could imagine and mm-hmm. you know meticulate a mm-hmm. ratio between the normal Animal Crossing time. And how much time you have to dedicate towards the new systems that you yeah. don't like? Uh, how much time of your typical play play time is dedicated towards right. crafting? You know, that's that's a f- well. I, I don't know if it's a rhetorical, rhetorical question, but uh, you know, it's it's fair to say that it's not. It it doesn't like take up your whole play time in this new one, but you do. It's it's kind of this constant thing where you. Um, Basically, you and you can see that in the way people are playing it. Um, basically, you people are not longer content in just you know hanging out and uh, and uh, I don't know collecting uh, furniture and donating to muse- to the museum and you know just talking to villagers and stuff. They are going um, on these island runs, which you can get by a second currency, um, which is called Nook Miles. Um, which you get for doing like sort of achievements basically in the game. Um, and uh, they're going on these island runs to collect resources, especially ores, which are limited to rocks, which you don't have too many of on your island. So you have to go on these uh, expeditions basically and collect them. And um, people are just farming those, basically farming for Nook Miles to get a ticket to get, go on these islands and farm resources. So you can already see. Um, how the crafting has, you know, changed the average uh, sort of playing behavior um, of people uh, with this new one. With this new one, um, and uh, speaking of the nook miles, th- that's also a thing that bothers me. Kind of similar to the uh, to the crafting, it's so slight in a way and like superficial. It's just you know constant gratification in form of a second, you know, uh, currency. So it's a bit mobile designy in in the sense, um, but why I don't I don't know why it was needed. Uh, I don't see what it adds except that the phone like it does a little jingle and sometimes keeps ringing and it's just annoying and you have to open the menu, go in, accept the achievement, the nook miles or whatever, and then because I have no interest in in you know farming the um, doing these island runs and farming resources. That's just not how I play it. I don't min max. Uh, are these islands crossing. specifically other players' islands? No, they're random, just randomly generated um, islands. You can visit others, of course, uh, which is uh, still fun, even though it's still it's it's also still archaic in some sense. Like having to when someone arrives at the island, you have to wait forever for them to board, and you can't do anything during it. You get a screen where you, where it sort of shows the p- person traveling. The art design stuff for that is obviously all great, but after, like, when you have like four people visiting, it takes forever <laughs> for them to all be, till they're all on the island. You think um, that would have like a quality of life? I mean, in 2020, how are we still like getting that through QA quality assurance, you know? Yeah, why does it have to pause? Why can't you decorate, change stuff in your home uh, or any, or on your island anyway, uh, you know, furniture and stuff? Um, 
why can't you move or you know put down new furniture furniture or whatever when someone's visiting that's crazy why can't you do that um but yes uh i i, I do see potentially for patches um and uh i could see them you know speed some of that stuff up and make it more flexible and stuff we'll see we'll see just, I think just for the sake of like mm. scope because we've just been t complaining about it how much do you not like it really like where would you rank it in terms of animal crossing games and would you still recommend it um well um that's that's a good question i think I would I would say just you know observing myself here I would say I definitely like it significantly less because I just haven't been playing it that much <laughs> you know I've skipped some days um, and uh, here and there and um, usually with Animal Crossing games I play them for quite a quite a while you know quite a long time actually for my for you know from for my standards uh, no other people obviously put thousands of hours into them um, but. Uh, and then just stop at some point when I'm when I'm sort of satiated. Um, but yeah, I don't know if this will happen with this one. It's 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 not that that I dislike it per se. It's just that I dislike it significantly less than previous ones and am annoyed by some of the changes um, regarding the two rules, the crafting and stuff. Do you just think that this is a direction the series is taking? Like, do you think that? future sequels are going to get better or worse in this regard um I, oh, I have no idea i hope that um i hope that nintendo sequel philosophy will uh well it's 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 usually they always try and find a core new conceit basically to a series and then they do a sequel to it like they Try to find some new idea um, for it that kind of changes things up, and then and, and obviously it's up to interpretation how you know <laughs> how big that change really is. Like for example, um, with uh, like with City Folk, which was just a which was just Wild World, but they had the city the city uh, component like the which was an extra part um, with shops and stuff to visit. You can. You know, you, that's arguable how how much of a <laughs> how much of a change that is. Well, I mean, like a singular gimmick still isn't like like if you look at Zelda, which is also very much a, a series of sequels mm -hmm. that are set, centered on a gimmick. Um, yeah. Even then, the design trends um, persist. Like after Ocarina of Time, all the 3D Zeldas for a long time, at least, became Ocarina of Time things. So especially if this is a huge hit, which I think it is, um, mm -hmm. I definitely see at least the crafting and the Nook Miles sticking around, even if the new conceit for the next game is some other random thing. You know, um, the yeah. only way that they would uh, shift the franchise's focus in my head would be mm -hmm. if the rest of the public at large goes, we don't like this, or like, or like this is going in a bad turn, much like Zelda did. Yeah, no, you're probably right in that it won't go back. Probably won't go back to the completely free, you know, this sort of not systemless, but almost systemless experience. Well, um, well, like before, it was like a lifestyle thing, whereas like it's it's right. not Tamagotchi because you're not feeding your neighbors. But you're seeing your neighbors, you're letting your, you know, community yeah. grow, yeah. et cetera, et Definitely. cetera. And that's really all right. you used to do. And now there is functions and rewards built into the system that have become yeah. the system. And I think you can, right. And I think you can still play it to a degree in that old style, but not completely, you know. it's uh, You can't ignore the style. It's just not letting you design from a design standpoint, it's not letting you ignore them completely. Um, and also, the gate, there's gatekeeping. There's a lot of gatekeeping. You have to wait for stuff to get built and stuff. And I get that they want a constant, you know, drip feed of new stuff. But I don't know if the museum, for example, has to be a part of that. Um, yeah, why do you have to wait like <laughs> like a couple days to get a museum? You know. Right. You have to. It takes a day if you do everything immediately. It takes a day for blathers to show up. The owl. And then 
he takes another two days to build the to build the actual museum. Um, <clears throat> it's weird. I, what I do see as a big chance here is that they're on Switch and they can uh, potentially not like they can patch it, and they probably will. They can and they can add content free and maybe even paid, um, and you know expand it like this. Um, the and I'm gonna keep playing it. Um, I've heard that sort of the hassle that some of the stuff that I mentioned, uh, the hassle that it that it can be is sort of you know gets sort of diminished as you as you progress and it becomes more and more like a, a you know um, the older Animal Crossing experience. So I'm curious to see if that's if that's true. Uh, so I'm gonna try and keep playing, but uh, but yes. There's also some subjective stuff, you know, that's like, you know, the island aesthetic uh, is not that interesting to me. Um, um, and what? stuff like that. Dedicating an entire game to one setting and aesthetic is, is not a good idea? <laughs> Do you feel that no, way right. about, like, Super Mario Sunshine? Uh, well, Sunshine is, like, is, um, you know, has the different worlds. The different levels. But it's all tropical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but here you're. I mean, it's it's just that's why I said subjective. I mean, obviously in, in Animal Crossing you're always on, in just one location. But for example, the previous one had like a little city part. It had Cap and did take take you to an island um, uh, for like rare bugs and fish and stuff. Um, in New Leaf, I mean. Um, is this one going to have seasons at all, or is it all always the same? Do we know that? Uh, I think I think it should have them. Pretty but it's sure it it's also so weird to like have a tropical island snowing, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it does uh, have them. I think that'd be insane if it didn't. Um, and yeah, they they already added like an Easter event for you know. We're via free patch, and you could say, okay, that used to be just in the, in the finished, in the you know, finished product, and now they just patch it in afterwards. But I do think that this way we're gonna end up with more, with more stuff, with more event stuff. No, I mean I agree. I I think I think yeah. saying the the patches could have been in the base game, especially if you're not paying for the patches, is a moot point. <clears throat> they they wanted to bring the game to you immediately. And they wanted the base stuff first, which is all very fair. And then bringing in, you know, an Easter egg hat is fine. You know, it's, it's you know, <laughs> fluff. And yeah. honestly, uh, it just means that there's more possibility for uh, upgraded content and that they pay attention to uh, the timeline after release, which is good in my right. opinion. And I think it's a huge success, so I don't... Uh... I'm not worried about them dropping <laughs> dropping support for uh, that game. So, uh, which they were not gonna do even if it if it failed. But um, but yeah. So this is uh, I, I I'm I'm really I'm I've really I haven't found anyone else <laughs> that would agree with me. So uh, one day we'll find one. I, I promise. We'll find one. If you're a, uh, such a you know if you're a uh, uh, a dissenter like me. S uh, send a letter. Don't 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 even post a comment. Send a letter through Carrier Pigeon and have it come to us. <laughs> yes, yes. Send a physical letter or a fax if you like. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how outdated fax, we are. <laughs> our fax machines are, are open, are running always. Um, right. Uh, do you, have you played anything else? Um, I have played Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Twice. Oh, I bet they died more than that. <laughs> I've died. I've died more than twice. I will admit. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. a big uh, from software guy now. Um, I only got into the Soul series last year, but mm -hmm. oh. um, I've been finding it really rewarding to go back to um, Sekiro. However, is um, a point of conflict for me. I'm not in love with it. Um, okay. It's definitely good. Uh, that being said, the things I liked about the Soul series are not reflected in Sekiro. Sekiro is very much a, a reaction, pattern recognition, um, combat 
um, game, which rewards um, gameplay, which is not mm-hmm. bad. I don't complain about that. Um, but I liked a lot of the uh, extra stuff into Souls, which was heavy into uh, num. Uh, it was it was much more of an RPG, right? Where you could make builds and you could wear different costumes and armor, and you could do uh, different paths. You know, there's paths in Sekiro, but really it just ultimately goes down to how much content of the game do you want to play. Um, right. Which is not the same as the content in a Souls game, where you make uh, choices based on your builds or based on your opinions on the lore. And there is basically no real lore to Sekiro that isn't outwardly stated in a cinematic. It's it's mostly a cinematic mm. gameplay experience, which is so, not particularly my bag of chips. In the previous Souls, it was like a lot of it was done through like item descriptions and stuff, right? And NPCs. Yeah, there's. I mean, they still have the NPC uh, uh, mold here, but item descriptions in Souls was pretty much the essential more. Um, mm-hmm. Here, here again, it's it's much more cinematic. You don't make a character; you play as Wolf or Sekiro. Um, and he has a very specific story and you go through the story. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty much what I got to say about that. Um, actual gameplay stuff, it's fun, but I also don't live and die by combat in Souls. If you are a huge fan of boss battles, for instance, uh, in the Soul series, you will love Sekiro. Sekiro is like all about Uh, in my mind, I know it's like when I think about it for two seconds, it's the confusion clears up. But uh, Neo and Sekiro in my head are just, <laughs> you know, I hear, I hear uh, Neo <laughs> 2 just came out recently, and I hear it's yes. great. Um, I haven't right. checked it yet, though. Um, but it's I'm like, it is a Souls like, right? It is a Souls like, and there's more uh, RPG aspects. Neo 1. Right. Uh, did not allow you to change your character, but Neo 2 is definitely a character customizer, uh, much yeah. more build-oriented and much more uh, creative in terms of uh, combat and engagement um, than Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Sekiro also has some half-baked aspects that I don't like, like the stealth. Um, the stealth mm-hmm. is not well thought out in my mind. Um, really, the okay. game is meant for one-on-ones. Uh, you're meant to parry everything. Um, and then just deliberately uh, fight the boss, depending on who it is, with different strategies of uh, your sub weapons. Yeah. Well, it's uh, okay, but you're still ultimately enjoying it, and I just come. You know, it's one of those weird things about analysis. I think we've just spent the past thirty minutes complaining about things. That's how <laughs> we analyze. I like the I'm, game. Uh, I didn't complain about puzzle challenge. <laughs> 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 the old I mean, that's games. fair, but <laughs> the old you know, it's, the it's just one of those things where you, the criticism is just pointing out the differences and what yes. I don't like about them. But right. a lot of those people may disagree with me and go, Brogan, you're absolutely wrong. Those were the worst parts. Uh, like to be fair, like yeah, well, Dark Souls, wrong, it does. It's not very clear on how to upgrade things or what stats to level. In Dark Souls 2, there's an entire stat where if you don't level it, no matter the build, you will regret it, which is adaptability. Uh, it, it judges a lot of your uh, invincibility frames and animation lengths. If you don't upgrade that stat, you're screwed. And mm. no one would know that unless you're told that. Right. Oh, yeah. I sure. I, I finally played the first one, and yes. Uh... You, I, I used, uh, I used, Google, I used Google. Yeah, I mean that's the only <laughs> way to do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame anybody for using a guide in those games. So if you want to go along with us or just experience the game we're about to talk mm-hmm. about uh, next time around, the game is going to be Professor Layton and the Curious Village for the yes. Nintendo DS. Our our game for uh, this test episode is uh, Zelda like you could say, um, right? It's, it's called <laughs> you Minute, would agree? and it's available it's as an indie game on, I assume, most platforms. I think on everything. You can probably play it on your toaster and um, maybe even in your car. It's not know. very demanding at all. I, yeah, I, I, I think we're in calculator territory here. Um, yes. So, 
yes, minute. Um, this came out last year, right? Is I believe right? so. At least, at least it started like picking up steam last year. I, I assume definitely. So. It's on. It's on. Yeah, it's on all the platforms. Uh, it's on Game Pass right now and stuff. Um, so this is uh, a game. If I just may describe it for a second, it's a um, it's a game that uh, works on this uh, time loop conceit, which means that every uh, you have a minute for a run, and after sixty seconds, uh, it resets uh, the run basically. And it's not a run in the sense that it's a roguelike, but it's a it's more like you you explore the world and you do stuff there and basically most stuff that's like a uh, sort of where you change something or where you pick up or, or items that you pick up though that stuff stays across runs but it's just that you basically basically the pulling off part is like the thing that is limited to progress is maintained, is maintained but you indeed. have to get things done within that 60 second chunk you can't half something you have to fully right do it, to fully do it. And definitely it has that you could call it the adventure it definitely has the adventure game uh, elements of the puzzle design but you could also say it has sort of a, a metroidvania element of like so certain areas opening up by getting uh, certain items uh, so both of that is in there which is like standard fair now nowadays of course so nothing uh, crazy but you know that's how uh, how it's designed it, it um, looks like a zelda just in terms of how you move and how he attacks but you almost never right. attack really you got. I think there's like only like four screens where you can like legit be in combat. Maybe probably. Yeah, there's very few. There's very few, and even less where you have to engage. Um, but uh, but yes, uh, it looks like Zelda. You start out, you wake up, uh, and you pick up your sword. Um, so that's obviously uh, obvious, but. Uh, Ultimately, because of the reasons we mentioned about the combat, I didn't find it to be like much like Zelda uh, at all. Yeah, it's more I, th I like think a, it only. I yeah. think it's only like that in perspective. I I don't know yes. what else to compare it, it, it it's to. It's evocative, but other than it's adventure games, because because the way it works for me is mm. like you get an item and then you think, what can I do with this item? And then you do that Metroidvania thing of where, well, I could go over here and do this. Hopefully, I can unlock something over here. Or I can right. find a nook and cranny <coughs> secret or something. But most yes. of the time, at least the bulk of the bulk of the time I spent on it was um, at least in the hotel section, for instance, where mm -hmm. the guy, the hotel guy's like, "I need people for my hotel," and you basically yes. have to go to the different screens and solve the one puzzle on that screen to get somebody there, and you use your tools available. Right, and. Uh I actually uh, I had to look up one of the guests. It was uh, the first point, and it's this is fairly late in the game, but it was the first, the first and only thing I had to look up for the for finishing the game. I then looked up the some stuff for the 110% completion, but the only stuff I like for the critical path uh, I had to look up was one of the hotel guests. I don't know how I didn't. Uh, Which one was it? It was the one where uh, I know how I didn't pay attention. Is the one where um, with the I, I won't you know go into specifics, but the one with the bandits, you know. Oh, 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 yeah. That that one's weird, and that's a combat one technically, but it's a combat one where you're supposed to think about your counter. Um, right. The one I got tripped up on, I didn't look anything up. I didn't get 110 percent. I should. Um, yeah. Because I didn't want to waste another hour <laughs> looking up how to get my next target. Um, I, I'll I, talk about the one on ten percent in a second, but yeah, go on. Um, the one that tripped me up was the water one. Um, there's a guy hiding in the lake, uh -huh, yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to say how you solve it, but the way I yeah. thought you solved it was by taking wa the water pail, because you know you barely use the water pail other than to pour water on things, and I thought you would just pour down right. his straw so he has to get out, and that did not uh -huh. work. That's a that's a that's not a bad idea. They actually should have incorporated that. But yes, it's uh, not how you do it. Um, yeah. So um, let's see. I guess uh, I guess let's start with with you know uh, our our opinions uh, on it. Um, so I think we both to some degree 
degree uh, enjoyed it like uh, is that right like I, I would say I I thought it was decent and I enjoyed my time I, I think uh, we I think we both think come we down on the same, same thing. thing I don't know, I don't know the, specific the specific degree to which we differ, which we differ. but I think this yeah. was enjoyable but definitely right. disposing definitely yeah for me for me it definitely was yeah as well uh, so uh, I'd say that I was very uh, impressed by the uh, first of all I think the audio is great I think the music it way it fades out like the compositions but also the way it fades in and out in certain areas and stuff it's, it's really well done um, and and but also the look the minimalist look works so well because uh, it communicates everything you need basically uh, if you if you pay attention and sort of notice it uh, there's yeah, everything e even there. the details you know in a normal metrovania when you get that detailed in sprite work or something you have to do something very specific in color or something to denote like a bombable wall for instance yeah but in this it's very clear like oh there's something different about this very specific tile it almost looks like the way i describe it in my head is it's it's black and white but it looks like an actualization of ASCII or ASCII artwork. I can see it, that. It yeah. looks a little like a rogue in that sense, but obviously yeah. it's not in text. It's in <clears throat> literal drawing or art pixels. Sure, sure. But I, I always I can, get that, I can see feeling, that And that really works very well to identifying patterns or differences in the map. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I think. Speaking of the the map and and you know what what's actually rendered with those graphics, I think it's I think the world is a problem for me uh, and the progression. Like uh, there's good puzzles along the way for sure and like clever ones, um, but um, the overall world I think the pacing of how you discover it is 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 weird because um, I thought the final uh, puzzle basically the final boss puzzle. It was just one of many puzzles because I was like, uh, okay, I'm just, this is the part where I'm at and I have to solve this and I move on to a new area and stuff. But uh, it ended up being the final puzzle. It ended. Um, it's done. <laughs> and then edit, it ended abruptly. Um, but uh, so up to that point, the last 45 minutes or whatever, um, which is a good chunk of time because the game is so short, um, I basically didn't discover any new areas but was just hanging out and everything I've, I had discovered and uh, trying to you know solve uh, trying to find the spot where I could make uh, progress um, so uh, so the way it ended up uh, for me was like I sort of it I felt like I had discovered the whole thing uh, quickly the whole like the, the whole world but then was still doing stuff in it and it was sort of I was sort of missing uh, new uh new stuff new new areas to to explore and to be surprised by so that kind of ended up being weird uh for me in my playthrough and then as part of that that final puzzle being the final puzzle and sort of leading right into the final boss and uh, and the ending and stuff that was just also very abrupt and like i like the the this guy this final boss guy I who who was he? Like it was so random. <laughs> you Ultimately, didn't pay it was so to random. The lore. See, I'm a, I'm a lore master here. I can explain <laughs> this. So, the reason why you get your 60 seconds is because the sword is cursed. No, I got that. I got that. He makes cursed swords. He wants right. to make everybody a slave to 60 seconds, like a yes, wage slave. This is all economy he's... and environment. <laughs> it's very deep metaphors, okay? Are you saying he's in the pocket of big time? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree, though. Right, yeah. Um, for me, about the map in particular, I'll get to the boss in a little bit, but the map, I, I think the problem is is that rewards in the game are separated by effort. Um, and the easiest effort is probably the funnest part for me. Like it was just the basic progression, critical path stuff. And then when it came to things like hearts or the tentacles, um, I was much less enthused because w where they put them were in 
um, weird spots with weird logic. And with the map, there's basically like two or three sections meant for vague walking around until you find something obscure to figure out. The desert is the ideal example of this for me. Um, I, I felt very underwhelmed by the desert, the desert temple, um, and finding the coins. Um, all that stuff was very like lacking to me. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree on that. Um, I think, uh, well, I can tell you what the tentacles give you. Like they give you an item that sort of uh, like ink, some, something, something ink um, that I think increases your attack speed. And, but what, uh, how much do you attack? Right, and then <laughs> the obviously the coins. If you collect them all, you can afford the second heart from the. Um, you can afford a second heart from the this the the shop Shopkeeper. with the sneakers. Yeah, uh, the ba in the basement, he like this other guy wants to sell you a heart for ninety coins. But um, how important is health in a game where not only is there little yes. little combat, but you also <laughs> die no matter what in sixty seconds. Exactly my point. That's I, th I thought that was just weird. Yeah, no, it's def I, that's my 100% my problem with the collectibles. I don't, it's it's not, uh, they're sort of not mindful really of what the game is uh, really about. Um, I think honestly, tying it to exploration would have been cooler. Like maybe if you unlocked another area, even if you don't get anything from the area, just being able to see a variety in things um, is more fulfilling to me than the extra heart. Well, there's a second item, which you also uh, don't get uh, so easily. Um, and that's a, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like you can destroy the boxes that you push. You can destroy them now. Um, a grinder, it's called, and okay. uh, you get this in the in the mine shaft with the you know little dudes working there. Uh, there is a box that you have to create a bridge for to push over and destroy in this grinder that you already destroyed. It's the left, uh, the left part of the machine that feeds into the sword thing. I get um, you. Yeah, and in that is that item, and then down at the another part of the mine shaft, the, the main one where all the little dudes are hanging out. Uh, there's one direction, which is the bottom direction, where you can't go because there's a box that you always that you just can push forward and then it blocks your way. Um, and uh, so this this item basically lets you destroy that, and then you come to like one new area, which is not a really an area. It's just like it's a it's a pipe maze basically, where you don't really exactly know where you are, but you just navigate through it basically, uh, and you. Uh, get like you f you come into this trophy room and you pick up a trophy which is like the final item that's for a much more rewarding completely. that is much better than everything else uh, yeah, it is but also yeah that's kind of this sort of this meaningless trinket that you get right with this last item yeah but all in all i have to say all these extra items and collectibles they're just w I, I don't i don't know i they they seem to me like they're just there to have some some you know some extra stuff but they don't they're, they're not really fun to figure out uh or fun to use like it's it's really it's really meaningless fluff so i wouldn't really recommend uh bothering you know going back to get any more completion that you than you did uh by doing the critical path so that was a bit of a bummer as well uh, do, do you think the game properly utilizes its time loop mechanic in that sense? Because I don't like. I try to think of how many times looping actually helped, and it didn't for me. Yeah. Like, um, I That's think. A good question. I think uh, I got the most reward out of the time mechanic. It's so ridiculous. There's a guy when you when you walk up to people and then they do their speech bubble most of them do it really fast because you have such little time to read yeah there's like one or two guys that take their time to talk and those were the times where i felt that the timer was the best system because that's when i started sweating i was like am i actually gonna let this guy finish before the time ends yes yes the uh yeah no i thought that was clever with the old man and stuff yeah well, it's all about hints, obviously. Like it's the the game. Game is all about basically, or 
works works with a lot of like uh, characters that give you hints for stuff for finding uh, for finding like coins and and the hearts and stuff. Um, so it's definitely a game more about the puzzles themselves. Like you figure uh, that's sort of where the where the um, where the fun is supposed to 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 lie is like just figuring out the puzzles. And I think uh, I think it's again I think most of the puzzles are are fairly well done. Uh, the critical pu puzzles, anyway. Again, the stuff for uh, the puzzles for the uh, for the extra items for the post game. You know, they're uh, I don't know. They seem like a, a weird afterthought, but uh, so I think that's why ultimately I'm, I'm positive on the game. Still, it's a decent game because you know the main thing are the puzzle puzzles, and the puzzles are by and large pretty good. It's not. Um, it's not a harmful game. I. I think I very much enjoyed my time in it, and I would recommend the experience. Um, but that being said, I would. I would expect sort of either an evolution or something. Something more impressive for the next game that these developers do. Um, do you think in general that? Because in my head, the other way that the sixty-second loop helped minute was it gravitated you towards your respawn point and encouraged you to build shortcuts from your respawn point. And I think if you didn't have that, it would have just been aimless wandering for a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, like that part. I think that helps. Um, do you think that um, the sort of Groundhog's Day time loop mechanic is productive as a narrative or as a, or just, or as just a gameplay function in games, or do you think that sort of loop or time story is better suited for something that allows you to cut the bullcrap in something like a movie or a book? Um, so yeah, I, I thought of some games that did that, and like I came up with different sort of uh, 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 different you know variants on on or different types of games that do it. I think the the biggest divide for me is like either you do it level based or you do it uh, narrative based. Uh, which uh, example for the first one would be obviously Half Minute Hero, which is, um, in my opinion, a great game. Uh, and but that is, you know, that's level based. That stage that has different stages basically, and uh, um, they're all count on a ti count. You know, they all have this time limit that counts down. And um, uh, you've played it, right? Yes, uh, I have. It's it's like a, it's it is literally like a thirty second JRPG. And you go, you go right. through the little small map, and you know it's funny because the way that game functions for its combat is exactly how I do in a normal JRPG, which is just mash the A button. Most of the time, <laughs> you're grinded enough, and you're fine. And, and the way yeah. the way its progression is measured is by differences in things. There's not a puzzle to solve. Instead, there's different avenues for your for. Because I think you unlock different characters. I didn't complete the game, but if I remember correct, you unlock different yes. characters and they do different things. Like yeah, I think yeah. the the boss does like tower defense and stuff. Um, right. So, it has so good content, those like a those of content, systems yeah. are um, much more rewarding for that sort of thing because it's a continuous gameplay loop, but it's consistent and it's a very uh, yeah. And you can speed up as far as I can, uh, if I remember right. You can like speed up the limit and uh, yeah, not the limit the. Um, you know the gameplay uh, speed, yeah. Yeah, like fast uh, forward or what have you. Right, right, and and um, and yeah, it has it has the this meta humor that works well and stuff. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's a great game. But that had the thing that you know, one the the this time loop, the one time loop, uh, the one instance of the time loop was like um, Taylor uh, designed for one level. So it was uh, that's the this this level structure. I think was was. Uh, it really benefited from that. Um, and the other uh, examples that come to mind are like narrative-based stuff with like Life is Strange, uh, Stanley Parable, or the 999, which I don't like really, but uh, or not that much, but uh, anyway. But uh, still, they obviously work with the time loop mm, both in a gameplay sense, but also in a narrative way. Um, uh, Life is Strange, the least uh, of the bunch, because Stanley Parable, you replay it over and over to get different endings, and 999, uh, same thing. Um, 
but uh, there is uh, there's some other games that are hard to categorize for me and obviously uh, for like uh, either because I haven't played them like Outer Wilds or Sexy Brutal which I definitely want to get to still like an indie game uh, from last or last year or two, 2018 I don't remember I, I think um, Sexy Brutal was like 17 if I or remember 17 right. even I think it's yeah, old probably I, right. I mean relatively speaking yeah 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 I haven't and, played uh, it either Majora's yeah, Majora's Mask is another big uh, example of that design, um, and it's that's almost hard to categorize for me. Uh, I guess that's actually Majora's Mask is the one that's sort of in the minute camp <laughs> for this uh, for for this mechanic um, because it's neither uh, you know neither a a game that's narrative focused in the, the way the other three the games that, that I mentioned are uh, and it, it's not level based so uh, you know it's you know explore, exploring a world um, with this time time loop going on but obviously the loop is much uh, the, the time limit is much longer much uh, more forgiving yeah yes uh, um, but you can still see people complain about Majora's Mask and I think those are like definitely semi-valid it's complaints definitely yeah um, yeah you can you can keep going. Sorry. Sorry. No, I said yeah, definitely. That's the main complaint, right? I agree. Um, narratively speaking, it's engaging, um, and I think the nice thing about it is I think it creates tension. Is what yeah. I said for minute for Majora's Mask. It's <clears throat> the end of the world. So, you know, when that clock strikes <laughs> down, it is in fact meant to give you stress. And the fact that you complain right. about it is fair. But it's definitely intentional and sure. is effective. Um, That's why I would also uh, exclude the game, uh, or like. I, I, that's why I don't think it's that it's as comparable uh, to these others. Is because the time loop actually feels more like a time limit. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's like a different. It's like like Pikmin has a time limit, for example. Um, it's other games with time limits, and it's. Uh, for certain sections, doesn't always have to be the whole game, uh, but obviously you have so, a lot of gameplay sections that have time limits. Um, and ultimately, in Majora's Mask, I feel it, 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 it. Um, well, it feels more like a time limit than a time loop. So it's not quite the. Uh, yeah, you know, it works differently. I would say. It, 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 yeah, it I would also say to its benefit. I agree with you on that statement, but there's also an addition that allows you to feel the time sort of importance or significance in the fact of schedules, right? Right, um, yeah, definitely. So the three days, because there's such a longer and more forgiving amount of time, you can look at the side quests and the characters, and they yeah. operate differently depending on the moment. And something in, like, Minute, which only lasts a minute, you can't have an NPC acting differently yeah. at second 45 than he was at second 50, you know? Right. Well... It's part of the puzzle design that uh, some, uh, you know, it's like a two or two puzzles, two or three puzzles, like uh, work with that, uh, work with the timer in the sense that they, you have to wait till the very end um, of the timer. But uh, yes, there's obviously nothing in the sense of like schedule or. Um, there's also nothing I think that only shows up as such to like, you know. Uh, during a specific uh, time in the in the process, it's always there. But then the two puzzles or so that I mentioned, it's like something changes with the person standing there. Uh, See, I, the I think end. utilizing yeah. the schedule more, at least involves the time element and sort of the concept more, even if it's not literally the loop. It is more so you paying attention to the loop and what it means for the world. Um, so I think, I think we're bashing minute, even though we liked the oh, game. Oh no! <laughs> but like, we're just analyzing what um, aspects of it were appealing and what aspects of it were lacking. I guess. Yeah, I think it's just it's very it's a very it, it, like the as audiovisually uh, coherent as it is. I think the design itself is. Uh, can can just feel a bit random sometimes. It's just like you know this. Um, it's just different like puzzles sort of stitched together, 
um, in in a way that uh, ultimately ended up feeling feeling just just a bit uh, arbitrary. Um, but no, no, it's 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 such a it's too slight of a game to bash ultimately. Still and so short. Obviously, I'm a, I'm also a big proponent of of the length of it. Uh, I think short games are welcome are uh, for sure. I, I think there's a lot of debate. I think the problem with people looking at a game and going, "Oh, that's only two hours. That's a waste of money." Um, is unfair to how games work, and because it's yeah. a lot of effort to even make thirty minutes worth of a game. You know what I mean? Definitely. And um, and I think these sort of experiences are important, even if they're small. And yes, and th- thankfully, things like Game Pass or even the Epic Store giving free samples or whatever. This is where games like that can shine in a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it, I'm sure it's very difficult to actually monetize how that works, I'm I, I'm dumb when it comes to money like that. But even then, it still remains viable in that sense. And they couldn't put this game on a disc and put it in a store and sell it for thirty bucks. That would be impossible. So this is a I'm I'm glad it exists the way it does. So yeah, we're uh, this podcast officially um, endorsing brevity in games so that's good to uh good that we're establishing this um early <laughs> <Now> on <laughs> and then when we get to the first jrpg that lasts then, 200 hours right. i'm gonna be like kill me now <laughs> right um uh that's why paper mario is so good <laughs> sure <laughs> um oh my no uh right i think uh just to cap off the the discussion on the um Groundhog Day structure. I think, funnily enough, obviously there's a Groundhog Day game <laughs> in the works, which is sort of ridiculous. But uh, I think a VR experience or VR game, if I'm not mistaken. See, see, I think that's a really smart way to do it. I think the way they're <laughs> going to do it is have the gameplay loop just be sandbox. VR really works best as a sandbox physics right. experiment. Yeah. And I think that sort of playground is uh, meant for that time loop mechanic. I think they will have to nail the comedic elements of that. Otherwise, there's no real point to it, uh, in my opinion. Like, why make it an official Groundhog Day thing if it's not going to be funny? Uh, so See, I, I think, I think to me, go... I agree, but I think to me that's just sort of a way to communicate immediately what the game is about without any difficulty and i'm sure the actual franchise was not hard to license <laughs> right um yeah I, I think i think a goofy sandbox where you like yeah where you have like options to to act act out in some you know weird ways eccentric ways would be would be the way to go but any way that i can embody bill murray is uh fantastic <laughs> i think yeah. I was sad when um, the Ghostbusters game didn't let me do that. I was like, what is this right. garbage? Is there a Bill Murray in, ga- in a game uh, that you can... Even well, I mean, Garfield. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's not a bad... That's a good call. Uh, I, I'll, I, I'll allow I, it. The answer is I don't think... You might be able to in like NES Ghostbusters or something like that. I guess, sure. I think yeah, there's yeah. like Actually, extreme yes. Ghostbusters. Uh, I think that uh, maybe that Mega Drive uh, game, Mega Drive. Well, the one with the Ghostbusters is, have big heads. I think you can play. Yes, it's like a side-scrolling. Yeah. Uh, yes, thing. Yeah, platformer, shooting, shoot, shooting platform. Wow, what a thing. way to end this cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that was interesting. Uh, interesting discussion on the on the Groundhog Day uh, structure. Uh, I thought. Um, definitely some potential there but also it should be said that it has some it just has some inherent difficulties right that uh, every game is to sort of address like obviously first like the do, doing th- something over and over again played straight like that is not you know it's not fulfilling obviously yeah it's the, the fun comes in the variation and what you do with that mechanic so you just you can't just copy and paste that structure. You always have see, to see. It's address. so weird because uh, again, when we talk about like movies, if you look at Groundhog Day as a movie, the way that they avoid um, monotony is to just show the moments that are different, and you can't right. do that in a video game. 
because right. a video game yeah, you have it's... to live it every time. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good point actually, and yeah, it's actually a crucial, crucial uh, difference. Yeah. Um, well, I guess with that we don't uh, have an answer. We just like to we don't have an answer. <laughs> we just we just have uh, you know chairs we sit in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just say things. Destroy and then we, like, the ask destroy questions that we don't have answers games. to. Yeah, we just sit in these chairs and destroy small indie games. I like a minute. <laughs> um, no, of course, uh, ultimately we're uh, for the game. Um, and I guess that... Uh, do we do two here. thumbs up? Do we do out of stars? Do we do we even rate at all? I don't want to rate things. No, no, we don't have to rate. I, but my, my... Yeah, no, no, let, no, we don't have to rate. I was going <laughs> to say uh, something involving a thumb being in a certain position, but uh, no, we don't have to do that. I think we said more than that could ever say uh, with our uh, profound discussion uh, on it. Um, and I think that's that's all we have for How is that uh, for a test cast? Two thumbs up that? on this bad boy. Yeah, it's done. So if you want to go along with us or just experience the game we're about to talk about, uh, next time around, the game is going to be Professor Layton and the Curious Village for the Nintendo DS. <laughs> and then the third Twin Geeks cast will be featuring Graham and Jesse, and they are just going to talk about Halloween masks in October. <laughs> don't don't give it away. Um. <laughs> Showing them the good stuff early. That's how you get them. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess I'll uh, thank you here for doing doing this with me. Yeah, uh, no problem. Let's do it again sometime. Yes, let's. If if they if they'll have us, if they, uh, uh, you yeah. know, this is just the pilot. <laughs> Calvin might hear this and go. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see. have to see how the ratings are. Uh, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. They may replace me with a chimpanzee. That may be entertaining. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I promise you, I I will quit then. I won't. I won't do this. He'll just replace you with another chimpanzee. <laughs> they can do that. I would All listen right, to that. I actually, I would quit just so I could listen to that. To two chimpanzees talking uh, about games. That sounds like um, a good cast. Better than this yes. one. Alright, guys. <laughs> Alright. Bye. Bye-bye.